Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. This is a show that is really designed to provide inspiration, upliftment, opening our hearts, allowing us to tap into resources within us that facilitate our own personal transformation and awakening of who we really are. So it's my great pleasure to welcome you to The Love Code, and I trust that, as always, these conversations will give you the inspiration to support you on your healing journey. I just have a couple of announcements I want to make before I introduce my guests today. If you haven't listened to the other program I do on Progressive Radio Network called What Women Must Know, I invite you to do that, particularly for the interview I did recently with Dr. Thomas Levy. And I just am so inspired by what he was sharing. Dr. Levy is a cardiologist as well as a lawyer who has devoted his practice and um, much of his life now to orthomolecular medicine, which is the use of nutritional supplements for healing. And he recently wrote a book called The Rapid Virus Recovery Book. And in that book, he shared the research that led him to write about the benefits of uh, nebulizing with hydrogen peroxide to kill all viruses. And he's giving this ebook away for free. So this is such an important message. I want to encourage everyone to download his free ebook called The Rapid Virus Recovery because as you learn about nebulizing hydrogen peroxide, you will understand why this is a simple but profoundly effective strategy to take care of your health. And these are the days when we want to have sovereignty over our health and well-being. And hydrogen peroxide in a form that's nebulized, he said, is just pennies per day. And he has collected all the evidence to show that it is safe and so effective in eliminating any type of viruses. So dealing with present ones or whatever. So I think everyone should read his book. Everyone should invest in a uh, uh, a nebulizer, get some hydrogen peroxide, because after my interview with Dr. Levy, that's what I did immediately. (laughs) I went out bought my nebulizer and my hydrogen peroxide, and it's just giving us the resources to look after ourselves and our family during times like these. So uh, please check out Dr. Levy's work, check out his book, download his Rapid Virus Recovery book, which is something he's giving away for free because he has felt called to share this message, to write this book, and to make this as available far and wide to people around the world. So that's um, really something that I am passionate about and wanted to share with all of you. Okay, so let's get back to the conversation today because I'm just thrilled to have as my guest someone who really touched me deeply when she was on my show, which turns out to be a couple of years ago, feels like just yesterday, and I wanted to have her back because Eddie Schweifer is an amazing woman, an amazing therapist, 
And I thought about her because her wisdom, I, I really believe she is a wisdom keeper at this time. And I wanted to invite Teddy back to the show because we're talking about how to find resilience, how to be able to navigate through times of change, how to really create healing relationships in a world where now we seem to be more challenged in that regard than ever before. And if there is one person who can bring the wisdom and inspiration to us, it's my guest today, Hedy Schleifer. And I just want to share a little bit about her. She is an internationally renowned master relationship builder and motivational speaker who guides and teaches couples, partners, business associates, therapists, and families about rational and uh, relational maturity. Hedy is founder of the Encounter-Centered Couples Transformation Approach, and she believes that world peace begins with the human family and can best be achieved by strong, committed, growing, mature partnerships. And it's my pleasure to welcome Hedy to the show today. So I'm so happy you're here today, Hedy. I look forward to our conversation. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you for that lovely, lovely introduction. Well, thank you. You know, um, we had our last conversation. It was a couple of years ago. But I have to tell you, Hedy, it has stayed with me. I remember some of the most profound things you shared, and I just uh, am so grateful to have met you and to have you back on the show, and um, I, I truly, truly experience you as a great light bearer in the world, and mm. I, um, I, you know, I just uh, honor you and the work that you do. Wow, thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm going to ask you a question, Cheryl. If you look back at our connection years ago, what is one thing that has sort of landed with you that you carry with you? You know, um, as you're asking me that question, you talked about this bridge, you know, the bridge, the connecting the bridge between people. And yes. you told a story. You told us you told your personal story. It was about your mother. And it was during the time when she during World War Two. Yes. And she was she and, and the family I, I think the family or she and her husband were were being loaded up into mm-hmm. a railway car, be yes. taken off to yes. God knows where. And she looked that soldier in the eyes, made that connection, and asked to be released from that soulful place. And miraculously, he let them go. That, to me, has always stayed with me, Hedy. Yes, yes. You know, what she was teaching me there is that there is a distinction between the uniform, the survival pattern, and the essence of the person. And there was a Nazi in in a Nazi uniform, but she believed that maybe she could touch him in his essence beyond the Nazi uniform and the Nazi behavior. And so when she looked at him, 
she told me that what she did is she looked at his human essence. And in looking at his human essence, she simply said, let us all go. And he did. And, you know, she, through the war, continued to remember that we need to look at each other deeply through the through our loving eye contact. And she made sure that every day in the camp, she looked at one person deeply in the eyes so that she would remember who she was, her essence. And so, you know, I make a, a real distinction between surviving and thriving through difficulty. And what she did is she chose to thrive through difficulty. And here is that legacy that she has passed on to you from what she, who she was. You know, it wasn't even so much what she said, it was who she was. And this legacy is now what you are doing in your work and in the world. Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly right. What a gift. What a gift. (laughs) And, you know, the reason why this is so important to me now is because in in trying to understand all that's happening in our world that really ha- is in a time of great change, uh, great chaos, and great uncertainty, there is a, a deeper belief that we are in a time of, of a greater awakening, a greater shift of consciousness, which I think it's important to focus on that, that you know, that possibility that's emerging, rather than on the process of disintegration of everything we have known and defined ourselves by. This is really where uh, some deep work is occurring, and uh, you know, there have been prophecies made for you know from cultures around the world that we are in a time that ultimately will be an expansion of consciousness, an upliftment of consciousness. I would say a a state of consciousness where humanity can more fully experience reality as you were defining it, to look into each other's eyes and see our essences and relate to each other from a place of loving acknowledgement yes. of the of, yes. of who we are. So so anyway, those are my thoughts. I'm wondering what your yes. thoughts are. Yes. I think that what you're saying is there is a very big invitation at this time in our world. And that invitation is to our profound humanity. And we as a human race really at this juncture can choose a whole new way of being. And that way of being is the simplest way of being. It's essence to essence. When it gets complicated, our survival patterns are at play. And, you know, I make that big distinction between the survival pattern, coping with life, and the essence, living life. And, you know, that distinction is enormous. And I, I'm going to tell you a very personal story that suddenly comes to me as I 
speak of, you know, coping with life and living life. I don't know if you know that 30 years ago I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was really a very scary diagnosis. And my husband, after a while, said to me, how long should we be terrified? Should we be terrified two hours, three hours, let's say four hours? But after that, it is not a problem to be solved. It's an adventure to be lived. And so we made a decision how long we were going to be terrified. And then we said, okay, enough terror. What do we do now? He says, well, now we're going to name the adventure. And he named it Rallying Around the Boob. And everybody who rallied, we called them the Boob Brigade. And we had an international Boob Brigade. And we went to the doctor. We would say, are you willing to be part of the Boob Brigade? And what we did, rather than try to solve this problem, we entered into a deeply exciting adventure of deep connection, not just with each other, but with everyone who decided to be part of the Boob Brigade. And people have never forgotten this distinction about life is not a problem to be solved, it's an adventure to be lived. And the adventure, you live from your essence. And that's what my husband at the time really taught me because I could have fallen into coping with all of this. Instead, I lived the adventure with him. And that's a beautiful story. So my 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 question for you is how how, how can people shift out of fear of the unknown? Um, people generally don't do well with change <laughs> at all, and we're being forced to make a lot of changes and to reevaluate so many things about what we believe to be true. How do people do that, Hedy? How do how do we shift our consciousness from that place of fear from you know having to change to a place of rejoicing and celebrating and living from the excitement of an adventure, which sounds sounds like you know a wonderful way to be living life. But right. uh, you know what right. is it, what's required to get there? Because it seems <laughs> like it can be a big Yeah, you know, something that's been very helpful to me is a chart that was designed by David Hawkins in a book called Power Versus Force. And what he discovered was that there is an energetic frequency to emotions. And so he looked at all the emotions and what is the energetic frequency, and he found that courage has 200 megahertz of energy and that everything that is above courage, it it gets higher and higher in frequency till enlightenment. So there is above, above courage, there is neutrality, there is acceptance, there is welcoming, there is love, there is reason, there is joy, and all these have more and more frequency underneath the courage line, fear, apathy, um, anger, desire, shame, it goes down. And the choice we have is either to live above the courage line 
or to live under the courage line. And that doesn't mean we don't feel our feelings, but we don't act from them. So above the courage line is neutrality. What is, is. And that's an enormous choice to make. This is what is. Yes, I get afraid sometimes, but here it is. And I want to take one more step up this, this upward trend into willingness, which is above neutrality. I'm willing to welcome it. Then I'm going one step up. It's acceptance. And what David Hawkins said, that anything above the courage line, we are in our power. Everything under the courage line, we are forcing. We are in force. And that that chart, that idea of we have a choice to actually be in the upward trend above the courage mm-hmm. line or in the downward pull. It's like gravity. It pulls at us under the courage line. And for me, that choice is very inspiring. Yes. You know, um, it it really is um, the opportunity to realize we have a choice. I started listening to some of the um, podcasts by Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul. Are, are you aware of, of him? And I no, no. Okay, so he's he's a really he's a really interesting man who um, has a. Uh, well, he's been on a spiritual journey for most of his life, and he has a retreat center uh, that he teaches from. And his message that really attracted me was that our challenge is really to accept what is. <laughs> yep. To accept what is. It's like this is the way it is. You can fight against what's happening whether it's in a relationship or whether it's, you know, a situation that comes up in your life, or you can accept this is what life is presenting to you. How do we want to relate to it? What do we need to do when we accept this is what is? And, you know, it's like one of those great Zen masters that just give you this plan that's just so profound and so simple, (laughs) you know, like... The journey is to accept whatever life is presenting because this is what is. Yeah, and you know, it reminds me of another one of my wonderful mother's story that she was in a transit camp in Vichy, France. And in that camp, the, the Red Cross would bring clothing in boxes. But when they opened the boxes, the clothing was humiliating because it was torn and spotted. And my mother looked at that box and she said, you know, that box is perfect for a fashion show. And what she did at the end of their Labor Day is she created a fashion show with what was in the box, putting it all together. And they walked, you know, the the aisle between the the, the bunks was their, you know, the the walkway and they laughed. And at the after the war, one woman told me, your mother actually saved my life. She made me laugh and play in a place where I was frozen with terror. And I think that choice she made is that box is what is. This is what we received. But how do I now, above the courage, I make the choice to be willing to use it 
for life, mm-hmm. for fun, for playing, mm-hmm. for laughter. And th- the choice is there for us to take what is and then add to, add our soul to it. And I think that is where so much of our creativity is required because if you want to stay above the line from courage onwards and you're in a situation that is unknown, it's an opportunity to look at it from different perspectives or look at the challenges that you want to uh, use that situation for your own empowerment. There's you know, many ways we can look at situations either from courage or above courage or below. Above, it's a yeah. choice, isn't it? It is. That's where we have a choice between really being powerful or having force take us down. And that's where we have that choice. And it, it, the moment you choose to be above the courage line, you get energized because each emotion above that line has more and more energetic frequency. And so you get more and more energized and more and more creative. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story that comes to mind. So uh, recently, well, you know, I don't know, maybe it's over a year, year and a half ago, I suddenly found myself listed as a defendant in a lawsuit. It's like I should never have been there. I didn't do anything, but there I was. And it was such a shock because I've never been involved in a legal matter (laughs) before. And I was an emotional wreck. You know, I was in total fear and terror about this, helpless. I was just like below the line. (laughs) Right. Below the line. You were being pulled below. Absolutely. You know, into a total emotional state. So I had lunch with someone that I knew who was a lawyer. And I just wanted to have, you know, his advice. And I'm sitting there, and you know, tears are coming. I'm so distraught. And he looks at me, and he goes, you got to get over this. He goes, this is going to be over. You know, pull yourself together. <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't have to get yourself so upset. And, you know, you'll get through this. And it was like someone kind of slapping me awake, right? And um, it's like, yeah, wait a minute. I'm getting pulled into this huge drama and fear and you know what I, I I can take a different stance around this so it was like this moment where he you know metaphorically slapped me awake and I chose to say okay I'm going to create the outcome I need I'm going to create the help I need I'm going to take this as an opportunity to be on this journey and allow me to get where I need to go to find the resources that are required. And it it was a big shift, and it changed the way I approached the what was that was showing up in my life, even though I didn't like it, I didn't want it, it you know, shouldn't be there. All, all the stuff, all the shoulds, right? But accepting this is what is, and now what am I going to do with this that I can show myself how powerful I really am? Exactly. It's a beautiful example, Cheryl, of somebody waking you up 
from going from being pulled down under the courage line and saying, wait a minute, this is what is. And as you accepted it, you went above it in a willingness to search for resources, to manifest a good result. You know, you, you went higher and higher above that courage line and got energized by these higher frequencies of emotion and therefore got more and more creative in what you were doing. And so that was a, that's a magnificent example of somebody who said, Cheryl, you're being pulled down, you're in the downward pull, it's time to move above that courage line, and you accepted it. And, and that's a very powerful metaphor. I was going to say, because I did, I found a way through it. You know, all these unknown and unseen possibilities showed up. And, exactly. um, and as a result, it, it, was an, it was an experience that actually has empowered me in my life since then. Exactly correct. It, was, it, it changed the path because you truly went from where you were being sucked into emotions, you went up that above the courage line into other emotions, neutrality, this is what is, willingness, I'm going to use my power and creativity, and acceptance, you know, I'm going to see what is out there for me to create with, etc., etc. And you know, above, further above the courage line, we get to joy, love, and ultimately enlightenment. And so every time we choose above the curve line, we get closer to the energetic frequency of enlightenment. We get a bit more enlightened. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so fascinating, isn't it, as these opportunities of what life is presenting to us. I guess one way to say it, maybe it's just our soul presenting the opportunities to us, but the 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 wisdom that I got from listening to some of what Michael Singer was saying in his podcast, and he really has the same message over and over again, but it's said in different ways, and it's so profound and really resonated with me is this, this is what is. Okay, this is what is. How do we work with what is rather than wanting it to be different? And how do we own what is and own ourselves and our response to situations that are expressing what is? And I think one of the one of the biggest challenges for people right now that's just driving so much of the below the line of courage stems back to our fear of death. Pity, which I, I, you know, I don't think anyone's really talking a whole lot about that fear, but that fear is really um, consuming people in many ways and also determining their choices in life rather um, than having an opportunity to look and review what what really is and what other options there are for them. Do, do you have some thoughts about that to share with us? Well, you know, it's interesting as you were talking, I'm going to tell you where I am right now. Uh, you know, my husband and I have been married 56 years. And two years ago, my husband was diagnosed with neurocognitive impairment. And I, over the years of our marriage, have counted how many husbands I had because 
my man has had the courage to transform and become and become the next husband. So by the time of his diagnosis, I had had 28 husbands. And I saw that I needed to say goodbye to husband number 28. And so what I said, what I did is I made a list of all the things I love in that husband 28. And I said goodbye and I said hello to my husband 29. And then came the pandemic and I had a chance above the courage line to create a home life for us, a routine for us. And I began to see that husband 29 is just a pure soul. He doesn't talk, here and there a word, but the expression in his eyes, in his hands, in his skin, the way that he touches me, the way he looks at me, and the words he says here and there are just profoundly essential. They're just from his soul, and that's my 29th husband. And I know and I'm watching that this 29th husband is getting older. He just celebrated 90. And you know what? Rather than think about his death, I know that, I, mean, I don't know if he will die first or I will die first, but he might, that I am grabbing on to loving him the deepest I possibly can. And, you know, there's a professor in Jerusalem, Professor uh, Leibovitz, who says there is no death. There is life, 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 no life. And I think that that's a good way to look at it. Be alive, 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 alive. And one day it will be no life. So under the courage line, we can be paralyzed by fear of death. Above the courage line, we can live, 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 live till we don't live. Yeah. Wow. Do you do you experience when um, when your husband is in this place now where you know he doesn't talk, doesn't have the normal communication? Do you feel that that essence, that soul essence, is he present? Is, uh, he is totally in his essence. It is just amazing to watch, and I think I can. I can welcome his essence because I let go of husband 28, who was a, a fantastic conversationalist and, you know, with whom I had very inspiring conversations because, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you've read the research on communication, that 93% of communication is not in the words. It's in the eye contact, it's in the skin, it's in the open-heartedness, it's in the way that we move forward. It's, you know, it's in, that's 93%. And so with this man, Yumi, my 29th husband, I've got 93% of communication alive and well. And the more I'm open to him that way, the more he expresses in that way. That's so profound, Eddie, because um, to to be able to, again, go back to this acceptance of change and of what is, and if you did not have that capacity, you would have been 
hanging on to husband 28 and, you know, kind of mourning and, um, you know, your, your fate would have been, you would have been, you would have been angry at your fate. You, you know, there were so many emotions because you weren't accepting what is and opening to the possibilities and the adventure of this husband 29. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I mean, see how we create our suffering, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, for us, the, the being sheltered in was really an enormous blessing because before that, I would leave the house to do my work and wonderful women used to come to be with him. But you know what? Everything I do with him is my way of showing my love to him. And so I'm thrilled that I'm the one now doing what I do. And I've decided that the, our name is We Are Care Partners. I care for him as deeply as I can in my way, and he cares for me as deeply as he can in his way. And we've become even more profound care partners than we've ever been. Well, does he recognize you, Eddie? Do oh, you yeah. feel like yes, yes. I, I, you know, there might be a time where he will not. But right now, not only does he recognize me, but you know, yesterday I was saying to him that um, I, I was wondering about something I did. Is it enough? Is it enough? And he said to me, he looks at me, and I could see he was thinking of pulling a word out, and he said, you are superb. Wow. <laughs> it was just magnificent. Wow. Yeah, he knows exactly oh, how precious who I am. Is that? Yes. How yeah. precious. How precious, because it's, it's, it's you know, the work you've done has always been to create that soul-to-soul contact and through your exactly. practice and your techniques. And here you are, in, as you are explaining and sharing with us, the most profound soul-to-soul contact you probably have ever had in your life. It's very true, Cheryl. It's pure. You know, pure soul-to-soul. Exactly right. Yep. Yep. You know, when he said that uh, my diagnosis of cancer, we will call it rallying around the boob. I remember that when he got the diagnosis, I thought, what, uh, what is our adventure? What do we name it? And I called it rallying around the essence. And that's what we're both doing right now. We are rallying around our essence. And all of the work that both of you have done throughout the years, <clears throat> has really served you now at this stage in this part of your journey. It's very true. Absolutely. You know, and as you know, we teach, we, when we taught together, which we did for 25 years, we used to teach couples that they are responsible for the sanctity of the space between them, the relational space, that it's up to each one of them, 100% responsibility to make that space sacred and safe and fertile and rich. And what's so amazing to me is that we did it with each other. We really enriched the space between us, the relational space between us. 
and now we draw from it. You know, the space is so rich between us that we simply draw nourishment from it. Well, how blessed are you to have found this work, to develop it, to evolve it, to you know bring it out, in a sense, channel it into the world. And now you are able to profoundly experience the truth of this work in your own relationship. Exactly. Yes, yes. But you know, Cheryl, the strange thing for me is that were it not for this pandemic and needing to be home 24-7, you know, we didn't go anywhere. We went downstairs, sit on a chair in front of our building and back up and, and we didn't see anyone. That period allowed the two of us to really deeply connect at that rallying around the essence thing and get to know each other in this new time, you know, and you're going to love this, but my husband's libido is more alive than ever, and so there is a way in which he expresses himself physically now that's even more passionate than it was and so it's it's an avenue for that essence to essence connection who would have thought right (laughs) oh goodness so so you know this conversation I, i trust is inspiring for people listening who are struggling now struggling with um not only being confined in ways, but struggling because they're making choices that are limiting their options. If you choose to be unvaccinated now, you become an outcast in our society. That's how it's looking in the moment. And um, that's a huge adjustment for people who have always felt free and they could go and do and travel. You know, in Australia right now, um, all the airlines that, First of all, you can't even leave Australia. It's very difficult to leave, and no one can really come into Australia. They're supposed to open up soon. But um, all the airlines that are able to take you out, to to sleep and fly out into the world, all require people to be vaccinated. All require to be vaccinated. So all of a sudden, people are denied the freedoms that we all took for granted and assumed will always be there. And that, to me, is a trauma that people are going through. You know, people are having to leave their jobs because they're not choosing to be vaccinated and don't have those um, guaranteed incomes. So there's a lot of fear and trauma happening for people as we see how rapidly this world has changed into something, you know, that we're not even sure what it is right now. So what are some of your thoughts to support and assist people during this time when the rug is being pulled out from under them, so to speak. Yeah. You know, we started our conversation with the opportunity that's here for us. And I like to always go back to there is in what's happening right now an incredible opportunity. 
in a way, if I take it back to me and my husband, it's as if we're saying goodbye to a world we had and hello to one we can create with everything we bring to it. And I think it's really that. It's we now get to create something completely new, completely different. You know, it goes back to you and and your legal stuff. It, you could have stayed upset and and terrified and confused, but you chose to really create out of that situation resources and possibility, and you manifested so much. This is the time we can begin to manifest a whole new world for ourselves. And I think it's important that for in each of these situations, we think to ourselves, okay, I can be under the courage line, in fear, in anger, in disappointment, in resentment, in frustration, you know, all those emotions from under the line. Or I can actually choose to step just into neutrality. This, it is what it is. That's neutrality. What do I do with it now? And this is our opportunity. We are at a very important juncture in our world in which as citizens of our planet, we can support each other to live above the courage line. I am committed to that, you know, with my man, you know, because we've been together, just the two of us, but with everybody I meet, Every couple I meet, you know, the, the, the opportunity that I present them with is take each other's hand and walk above the pillage line. Because what else is life really about? You know, if we really want to step back and have a look at what's the greater purpose? Why are we here? What are we doing? What are we here to learn? It's to you know, step into a greater empowerment. And I would say that empowerment comes from that ability to um, choose to be encouraged and above. It's a choice. And for those people that are, are losing their jobs, for instance, which is very scary and, uh, you know, my heart goes out to them because everything is up in the air and survival is up in the air but it could be an opportunity to regroup, to find abilities, to find resources within themselves and in their community that they never knew existed before. If you you choose choose to take on that opportunity, that challenge, right? Exactly. And, And you say beautifully, Cheryl, that it is a way to open up a whole vista we never knew existed, you know, because suddenly we find ourselves in the need to be creative completely, create a whole new life for ourselves. Yep. I think we are at a very important juncture. I mean, you and I started our conversation with this, a juncture in which our humanity can shine and, uh, I'm certainly committed to bring everything I've got to the table to, to you know, to, to make that occur with 
my family and you know it's so interesting that we have our world was kind of small for a while it was me and my husband and maybe our family and and I got to see the creation that we have been blessed to create the love the connection and it's our, it's the time now it's the planet is saying let's be who we truly are in our pure essence and as you're as you're sharing that Eddie what came to me the thought i had was when we are dealing with crisis in our lives which is i guess what you can say this time is um it's an opportunity that we can access a greater experience of our true self, our power, our ability to manifest than we ever would have been able to do if we did not have a crisis occurring. So in that sense, for those that choose, that choose to see it that way, because it is a choice, it can facilitate a greater experience of empowerment or you might say a greater experience of your true self it's like waking up out of the matrix in a sense you know that system of power and control that we are much more profound than we've ever realized but it takes often a crisis to take us to that place where we truly experience the possibilities that we didn't even know existed within us yeah yeah and again you know it's just, we've said it again and again in our in our talk it's it's a choice it's a moment of choice and it was like what my husband said with the the breast cancer uh diagnosis how long should we be terrified and when we stop being terrified it's not a problem to be solved it's an adventure to be lived and i think that that particular way of putting it is so helpful it's not a problem to be solved it's an adventure to be lived so it's being supported in whatever way that may happen whether it's through community or through books or through meditation or whatever infinite number of ways that we can be able to shift our perception so we move into the adventure and i i do think community is a big part of that being surrounded by people who are giving us um greater strength and sharing their own journeys and just being held by a community whether it's an right now an online community if not a physical community that's yeah absolutely I think that you know there is uh the two paradigms the individual paradigm and the relational paradigm so in the individual paradigm our greatest achievement is autonomy in the relational paradigm it says we're born in connection we get hurting connection we heal in connection and only in connection are we who we really are and that the smallest unit is two not one So that it's a very different paradigm and it's the one 
I live, you know, the relational paradigm, that we need each other and that it's really in connection that we can make the choices, the courageous choices uh, above the courage line. Kind of like, you know, you were telling the story with the lawyer. You needed that man to say to you, okay, snap out of it. This is an opportunity. You grabbed it, but you were in connection. Exactly, because I could have wallowed in my fear and victimization for a really long time. Yes, yes. (laughs) You know, how long do you want to wallow in it? Exactly. Well, he wasn't giving me any sympathy at all. He was like, you know, saying, hey, girl, wake up. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. It was. It yeah. was. You know, in the, in a different style. It was what you told me. You know, how long shall we be terrified? He said, how long will you wallow? Snap out of it. It's an adventure to be lived, and you listened, and you lived the adventure. Hedy, what what um, resources? What um, skills? What do you suggest to people? to strengthen that resolve to live the adventure, to get out of the old programmings, to get out of that, what they call a default mode network, you know, where how we've been programmed from our past. What What is yeah. it that you, you find know, effective? So, you know, the way I start when I work with a couple, and couples couple bring enormous crises and problems, but the way I start with every couple is I ask the question, what is your wildest dream? What is your deepest aspiration for the relationship? And what we do is we put three enormous wishes on the horizon because our journey is going to be walking in the direction of the wildest dream and the deepest aspiration. And it is really the distinction that is made by a wonderful methodology, organization methodology called called appreciative inquiry. And they make a distinction between the language of abundance, you know, vision, dream, and the language of deficit. You know, there's not enough of this, and I'm afraid of that, and I don't know what to do with this. And so I... I believe in using the language of abundance and putting dreams on the horizon and looking at what are the wildest wishes you have for your life. And when you put it up there, it it begins to manifest because energy follows attention. And so one of the most important elements of living a bigger life is to dare to dream. dream of possibilities. Yeah. And the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. So to get very practical, is is that something that people do? They write it down? They find someone to share their dreams? How how, how best can people practically do this work? Well, you know, a very beautiful way to do it is uh, the vision board. So you you speak your dreams, and, and as I said, you know, the smallest unit is two. It's good to do it with another human or in a group. And you, you really say what your wildest dream is now for your life, what you really, really want, 
not as a goal, but really as an aspiration that at this point may not even look possible. And then you create a vision board and you take a big piece of canvas and you cut images and words till you've got a collage of this vision. And it's always there for you to look at and it inspires you daily to walk in that direction. Well, you know, that's great. That's a reminder. I've, I've done those vision boards. They're very powerful when you can visually express those intentions that you have, those visions, yes. those dreams that you yes. have. So yes. that's a, I haven't thought about that for a while. That's a great idea. That's yes. a great idea because because you are taking those dreams and physically observing them, having them in front of you. You're reminded. You're taking it out of the realm of the imaginary and you're making it into the physical, which gives it more you know, more energy and <laughs> more, yeah. more, more possibilities to, you know, yeah. be it your focus. You. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. really expands yeah. you. And as you, as you put it down, your dream actually gets bigger because every time you, you find an image, you understand mm. even more what, how big what you want to manifest really is. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for reminding me about that. That's a great, that's a great technique, and I absolutely recommend everyone who's listening to create their vision board. Try it. See what happens and the possibilities. I have seen miracles, you know, supposedly miracles happen for people who put those dreams down on their vision board and manifested those seemingly impossible intentions. They've created amazing results in their lives, right? So thank you for reminding us about that. So before before we go, Hetty, tell us about your work. Are you you seeing more people? Do you have, you know, are you able to take on these clients? So what I'm doing now is I only see couples, and I've taken my in-person work that used to be two-day intensive, three-day intensive, and I've divided it in 10 sessions, 10 two-hour sessions that I called the couple's journey. And now you already know that the couple's journey starts with the wildest dream. And then I teach actually what you and I talked about, the distinction between coping with the relationship and living in the relationship. And I teach a guiding principle to live the relationship rather than cope with it. And then the couple practices you know, the living in the relationship by really crossing the bridge to each other's world. And the 10th session, the last one, is called Building a Neighborhood Under Construction for the Relationship. So after having practiced and crossed the bridge with each other, what is the neighborhood you want to build for your relationship, the new neighborhood? under construction. And it's been a lovely piece of work for me because I never expected that I could work on Zoom. But I'm noticing that, you know, soul-to-soul connection doesn't mind crossing the screen. And it's been very rewarding and very inspiring. That's beautiful. That's another example of um, taking what is and being creative. So you can 
take the work that you thought was impossible to do uh, unless right. it was in person. And here you are creating the same amazing results on a, a Zoom format, right? And, exactly. you know, changing the form, but the outcome is the same. Exactly. And it allows you to be with my 29th husband. And exactly, you've, you know, you've created a a win-win situation in your life for all, <laughs> yes. everyone. Everyone. Exactly right. You know, people yeah. don't have to travel to get to you now. They can just do it exactly. in the comfort of their own yeah. home, anywhere in the yeah. world. Anywhere in the world. So, I'm just quite amazed. <laughs> so so uh, I want to give people your website if, if people are interested in learning about you and your work or maybe getting involved in being a couple working with you, um, I'm going to direct people to your website, which is still the correct website, isn't it? It's your name, yes. Hedy Schleifer? It's my name. Okay, so it's Hedy. I'm going to spell it H-E-D-Y for Hedy, and Schleifer is S-C-H-L-E-I-F-E-R.com. Do you have another website as well, nope, Hedy, or is that the, one. the best one? Yeah, that's the one. So it's HeddySchleifer.com, and check out the work that Hedy's doing. Obviously, you've experienced what an amazing woman she is, and what a, a gift it would be to uh, receive the healing that Hedy is just masterful with in your, in your relationship, or just to share this conversation, because I think this is has been an inspiring conversation, Hedy, and I want to thank you as always for your soul-centered, heart-centered communications, and mm. you're always an inspiration, and thank you so, so much for all that you do out in the world, and what a blessing you are. Mm. Thank you, Cheryl. It was a pleasure being with you again. Well, thank you, Hedy, and uh, my love to you, me, please. Thank you. Soul connection, and um, and I want to just thank everyone who is listening to uh, be inspired by these times and the huge potential that exists for our own conscious awakening, so we can all communicate from a soul to soul level in the world. And until next time, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.